0: Well, hello and good day, beautiful, marvelous podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing tremendous. And I am sending you all of my love. Well, wishes, good vibes, positive, intense, your way. Wishing you and your family and your friends all the best. We have got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have Paul unslaved on and we are chatting about law freedom and spiritual purpose uh paul gained some notoriety after a video of his uh went viral where he was driving without a license and uh educated the police officer on law rights and freedom so you can actually drive without a license and registration i know that sounds nuts uh but apparently you can do it and uh in this video that went viral he um educated the officer on that so this is an advanced technique um paul was on the choose freedom law summit really knows his stuff and, w- and we go into a lot of things here we talk about paul's journey into law and recovery the difference between uh Uh, a law, legal and lawful, that's what it is, Uh, what identification is, universal law, the work of Carl Lentz, common law, um, outcome-based education, what bravery truly is, purpose-driven versus pleasure-driven, the conscience, the Bhagavad Gita, existing versus living, Um, and so this is a, you know, we go into law, but it's actually a very spiritual podcast, Paul is, uh, you know, we we loved having him on the Choose Freedom Law Summit, I highly recommend you guys check that out, and uh, this was a brilliant podcast, so if you enjoyed this show, please share it as far and as wide as you can. Um, it is really a battle right now to get the truth out there. So share, leave a review, do what you can to share in all socials. Uh, you might have to mask it, share in Messenger and directly uh, talk about the show and uh, support this work if you if you enjoy it. The best way you can support the show right now is go to mattbelair.com, become a member. They just deleted my Patreon. Um, unless I deleted videos, obviously I wasn't going to do that. Um, so please go to mattbelair.com, become a member a member you can do so by donation whatever donation you want if you don't see a donation you like there just let me know i'll make a link for you or even free i'm going to matt at zenathlete.com and i'm happily happy to um make you a link. Um, If you go to my Linktree, Linktree forward slash Matt Belair, you're going to see a welcome uh, gift there too with meditations and hypnosis and things like that. Uh, So if you if you're new to the show and you want to check that out, uh, join the mailing list, you'll get a a gift pack from me. If you go to Linktree forward slash Matt Belair, you're going to see those links. Uh, What else is going on? Oh, if you are a person who really wants to make a difference in this world, you want more clarity and power for living your life purpose. And uh, maybe you want to go from a job to a vocation, you want to learn how to navigate these times with community Um, check out the Atomic Alchemy Coaching apply for that go to MattBelair.com forward slash coaching or if you just want the courses check out the Soul Compass and the Quantum Heart Hypnosis those are all tools for you to just know who you are learn resilience peak performance and how to live your life purpose uh, during these times it's uh, you know these are very very interesting times so the more education and the more community we can have the better also check out Telegram and I want to thank my sponsor for this show Pure Body Echo Um, They are an absolutely phenomenal uh, detox for heavy Metals. So if you go to thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt, M-A-T-T-B, you can get a bottle for $50 off. It's either going to be $5 or $13 uh, depending on the promotion, but you can get that. Then you can start detoxing heavy metals. I recommend apple cider vinegar in the morning, the Pure Body Extra, and some green drink as just a simple daily protocol. You don't have to overthink, and it really does help uh, balance the body out with all those Um, things that you need to flush out heavy metals, which are everywhere that I've been learning recently on the podcast. So that's that. Um, The best way to support the show as always is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. And uh, let's just come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into this episode. So wherever you are in the world, just help what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, power, resilience, connection, faith, and get ready to enjoy this absolutely incredible episode with Paul, Unslaved. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming mass censorship, If you'd like to support this show, you can become a member at mattbelair.com, become a patron, share episodes far and wide, leave a review, and do what you can to spread the word. The very best way to support this show, however, is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest gained notoriety after a video he posted went viral, where he was driving without a license and educated the police officer on law, rights, and freedoms. His mission is a common-sense, courteous approach to educating folks about common law and the legal system. Welcome to the show, Paul Unslaved.
1: What's going on, Matt? It's great to be here again.
0: Yeah, man, it's great to chat with you again. We uh, Beth and I had you on the Law Summit, and I was like, man, I got to get this guy on the show. Um, it's funny because I saw somebody sent your video to me, um, You know, my partner's uh, sister, and she said, man, you got to get this guy in the show. So I know she's going to be excited about this. I sent her a note. I was like, I already interviewed him. But what I was really pleased with is is just your whole philosophy. So you're really knowledgeable on law and the legal system, but just your philosophy and the way you're going about things and the way that you're going about it directly. And I just really like your view on a lot of the things you shared because we're really in a stressful situation, you know, with everything that's going on in the world and our rights – being taken away or or however they seem to be infringed upon and people don't really know how to stand on their freedoms. So we're probably going to get into a lot of topics topics today but I'd love to just start off with a little bit about your story about your journey to, you know, where you um where you got to today and how you ended up, you know, teaching people on this stuff and educating and it's been quite the, you know, the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, so where do we want to where do we want to start with that specifically?
0: <laughs> let's start. let's do the origin story. Cause it's awesome.
1: Okay. So um, <laughs> pretty much, you know, I uh, was going through some hard times. Um, had to go through some courts and some jails and rehabs. We're kind of summing up. There's a lot there, but we're summing up. Um, started to look into who I was, take accountability, look over my life and how I got to where I had gotten and started to do this self-work to recreate the character, right? Like they talk about character. We all have character. He has character. She doesn't have character. She does, whatever. Um, this idea of writing your story, right? So, with the perspective change, which I would attribute to to suffering, right? Going through certain self-created suffering and maybe outside um, suffering on my nervous system, if you want to call it that, I started to recreate who I was, and on that path. The common law, which as you say, um, I gained most of my notoriety, I guess, uh from that, that path, specifically that subject. So yeah, just started applying it in my life. You know, obviously it's it's rooted in spiritual law, you know, universal law, natural law, conscience, the innate understanding between right and wrong or the ability to come to know right and wrong, right? Because a lot of times we don't necessarily know right from wrong until we've seen it or done wrong and then can go back the other way so yeah i don't know if that kind of takes us where we want to go right now or
0: yeah no that, that's good well i guess you were saying on the on the law summit you're kind of like um, not in a good place and, and struggling a little bit. And then, you know, after bouncing around the court systems in a few different scenarios, you decided to kinda like what was it that, that made you have the 180 experience and then start to really switch things around?
1: I think big part of it would be like heroin addiction. You know, now for the last five or six years, um, I use marijuana, you know, I mean, just as a plant for pain and, you know, probably other reasons. I'm not necessarily an advocate of drugs. Um, I'm not necessarily uh, a a person who's a deterrent of the use of them. I just think that everybody has to choose for themselves what they want to create, but yeah, that, that addiction, um, overdosing a couple times. Um, I literally went back and did the drugs that I overdosed on. I went home and did them again. So that kind of gives you a look into sort of how dark and hopeless it was for me at that point. Right. Um, and then, yeah, you know, after going through enough of that for about a decade, um, all along the way, still collecting information, right? Always wanting to know, always wanting to seek truth and understand why I do what I do. Why do humans do what they do, right? Where do we come from? Where are we going? Why we do what we do? So all along the way, collecting little things, but still creating my own suffering. And then I guess the couple overdoses and then uh, going back to court, you know, getting arrested again. Winding up in rehab this time rather than jail, because the first time around I wound up in jail. Um, yeah, kind of put me on a path, different experiences. One I had with a reverend, you know, different people that started coming into my life, even, you know, up to a couple of weeks ago. whole music and sky thing, you know, since since then, I've pretty much been on a path, whether I know it or not, <laughs> if that sounds goofy or whatever but whether i knew it or not and whether at times now i know it or not because again we seem to forget or slip into old habits and old perceptions there's a there's a journey there's a destiny there's, there's a path here if i will walk it you know
0: yeah well well that's powerful and um i can't imagine what that journey would be like but you know hearing you speak on the on the law summit and i know i know at uh, music and sky that that um I don't know if they call it a festival or event that just happened with the alpha Veda crew, Mike bear, you know, bear winner, a lot of great people, great speakers, everybody really enjoyed your talk. And so I guess now let's move into a little bit about, um, What you've learned about common law because we I hear a lot of different things around that and like freedoms people are really struggling right now to um, know how to stand on their freedoms, you know you got pulled over and you didn't have a license but apparently you are or maybe you do have one but you don't have to show it and you know you, you educate the police officer and you have a right to travel and there's all these distinctions out there and when you unravel the legal system you realize it's like this upside down world of pirates you know getting you to come into their jurisdiction and you know tax you and take everything from you and and you are like what is going on here this is completely nuts and then you got the birth certificate system and all that kind of stuff so for somebody who is new to this and maybe they're dealing with a situation where um They don't want to take the needle, or they don't want to wear a mask, or they don't want to get fired for discrimination. How would you advise people start to look at freedoms and understanding police and the courts because you go right at them, which is awesome, because you've got this level of knowledge. And I've been kind of equating my journey to law to martial arts, where you could watch the UFC, but you don't know how to throw a jab or a kick or a takedown or something. But once you kind of get into the game of it, you get a bit of proficiency. If something happened, um, you'd be able to take care of yourself because you feel that confidence. But a- another way you could say is just chess, because at first you don't even know what the, what the pieces do. Right. It's an even better analogy. You don't know what a pawn does or a bishop or a queen. And the court system seems to try to trick people and disempower you. But when you start to unravel it, it seems like the chips are stacked in our favor. And so it's a weird way to kind of say it the best I can do it. But how would you um, begin to educate people on on how to see the police and law and the whole legal system?
1: Sure. So obviously there's a difference between legal and lawful. And the majority of things <clears throat> that are considered to be legal are what we know as statutes, policies, and codes, right? Statutes, policies, and codes are given the force of law by the consent of the governed. This does not mean 60% of the governed forcing 40% into following codes. That's This is, this is a misconception. Uh, this does not mean that it can be legislated that you have to follow statutes, policies, and codes. That means each individual man or woman in a republic is viewed as a sovereign, quote unquote, right? I don't even really use the word because I don't even necessarily agree Completely with that terminology, but most people who follow this they will say, "Well, sovereign citizen," which is a, a, an oxymoron. But we can get into that another time. The point is, is that um, statutes and policies and codes are only for legal persons, which are those who have consented to be governed. Right? If you don't consent to be governed by municipal corporations, you have by default in this country what we know as rights. Rights come directly from the universal creator, whoever, whatever you think that is. I just call it the universe um yeah so the majority of people are giving up their rights daily with different contractual procedures that they are either aware of most of them not aware of right the w2 w9 tax form is an example you don't you have a right to not pay taxes right there is nothing to saying even the code itself says all taxation is voluntary but people will be screaming taxation is theft taxation is theft no it's not it's a contract You have things on record on file saying you are this person, legal person, all capital letters name. And when you go to work, you fill out the form and you sign up as a citizen. You identify. That's what identify means to trade in who and what you are for something else. If I identify as, let's say, a woman. Right. And I'm not being politically incorrect or any of that nonsense. I'm just saying if I identify as a woman, I've traded in my original state for something else. Right. So when you identify, when they ask you for identification, every single time they've asked you for that, you've identified as something other than man or woman. You've lost your rights. You've given up your rights for benefits and privileges. That's why they'll say driving is a privilege. Well, driving is a commercial term, so of course it's a privilege, because not everyone has a right to use the public roadways to do business. However, every man and woman has a right to use the public roadways to move their property from point A to point B. So again, we're sort of delineating the idea between Not everything that's considered legal or illegal is lawful or unlawful, right? Because again, statutes, policies, and codes have to be pursuant to state, federal constitution, and the federal codes, right? So there's a lot of things that are on the books that are enforced, that are considered to be legal, that may be in breach of one's natural rights, right? But again, you're not in breach of it. They're not in breach of it because I want to give everybody their due and we're not playing devil's advocate. We're calling it as it is. They're not in breach of it because you've never come on the record as man or woman. You were on record with them as legal person. You have duties, obligations and responsibilities to the legal society. Right. Because you've never declared yourself as anything, but you've continued to apply, which means to beg for services, to register, which means to give away your property. Right. Uh, uh, they call their, their vehicles, well, they call their automobiles, excuse me, vehicles, conveyances, transportation. These are all commercial terms. I could go on forever about this, Matt, you know, and I don't know if I'm <laughs> kind of jumping around. But uh, what you're seeing here is the, is the subterfuge or the obfuscation of the difference between benefits and privileges and, and natural born rights, which are protected. Right. We're not parties to the Constitution. We didn't sign it, but they are because public servants swear an oath to uphold it right? So our founders put that in place and said, all public servants will swear on this constitution. So even those who aren't a party to it, you are now because you swore to it. So your public service capacity is limited to that of less than man or woman, right? You are in a service capacity to man or woman. You're not in a dictatorial capacity toward man or woman. Man or woman dictates towards public servants, not the other way around, right? Unless they're in contract with a municipal corporation, which the majority of citizens, even the word citizen means employee of an agency to a degree. That's how it's done, right? The majority of people are unknowingly in bondage through contract that they have entered into uh, with their applications, registrations, and, and different forms.
0: Yeah. Well, all of that is, is important. I'm going to try to make it uh, easy <laughs> and digestible for the newbies. But can you, can you talk about legal versus lawful? Is there a specific definition between two? Like, What's the easiest way to explain that to people?
1: So again, we, we could probably go to the book definition for more clarity, but the way that I would summarize it is lawful comes down through a, a almost common sense, universal law, natural law, right? So anything that causes loss, injury, or harm or is a breach of contract, is considered to be something unlawful. Now, illegal, right, is something that certain men or women have deemed in a society to be appropriate or not appropriate. So that could change week to week. Unlawful is pretty much, from, from all I can discern, is, is, is eternal truth, right? It's unlawful to steal. It's unlawful to rape. It's unlawful to murder. Um, it's unlawful to make contract with somebody and not perform your duties, Right. So now you have to compensate them in some way. Anything that, that, that causes somebody loss, injury or harm or is outside of a knowing contract is unlawful, right? And now illegal could be, but again, legal and illegal is contract law. So we have to now go back because legal and illegal is almost exclusively in the realm of contract law, what they call maritime law, uh, uh, the legal system, which is all contractual to a degree, right? So every time you appear as legal person, saying i'm not man anymore i'm part of your society i have duties obligations and responsibilities and then they hand you paperwork and you sign it or they pull up the other stuff you signed in the past right so you're on contract with them to follow all their legalities right but you're on contract with the universe if you step out of that reality you're on contract with the universe to only follow a lawful contract right which just means that i'm being metaphysical I'm talking metaphysically. You're on contract with the universe to only not cause loss, injury, or harm to your fellow man and to abide by your word. All right? I don't know if I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, me no, so that, right.
0: that was fantastic. I think that was that was very clear because the way that I kind of understand it right now. And there's a lot of nuances that I'm still learning, but just, I remember learning about maritime admiralty law and uh, pulling you into their jurisdiction and everything has to do with an act or statute or code that has to do with money. You know, you're always paying a bill to a banker on the other side. And then, you know, common law or law of the land is there needs to be another person on the other side that says, hey, you harmed me and you did something. And so basically what's happening is we have this big, massive organization that is harvesting and parasiting on all the wealth of the people of the land all over the world. And it's kind of like dry docked pirate ship which is, which is super intense. Um, but the nice thing about that is if you understand how that system works or how that chess game works, you can stand there and not be in their jurisdiction and be able to um, I don't know what's the best. It's not invoke, but uh, retain the rights that you have under the creator sure. and not, and not contract with them.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. They're not pulling us into their jurisdiction. We're relinquishing our standing and jurisdiction unknowingly, right? My people perish for lack of knowledge. But Bob Marley even has a line in the song War, I believe it is, where he talks about collective security for surety, right? If you go and look at what the bond are, when they put you in jail and they release you, they have you sign a personal recognizance bond. It's a surety bond. So it says I, you know, and then has your name and then your name again on the other line as a surety for the legal person, right? So they're asking the man to sign or be bonded with the two-dimensional fiction, which is their governmental name they've issued you. Even in the driving video, quote unquote, moving property video, where the cop is on the side of the road, he spills the whole beans, you know, he spills the whole uh, pot of beans, you know, he says, uh, um, uh, what's the name? What if I was to ask you to give me your name? That's not your name that the government gave you. That isn't you. He started talking in circles and revealing that there's two of me. Right. And for the longest time, we've explained to people that this is what's going on. You're a sovereign citizen idiot. making things up no they're using capitus diminutio maxima all capital letter name to diminish your capacity as man if you go look up the old english uh uh, outline blackstone's commentary i believe as well about names all small letter names is 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 keeping all of your status right is retaining your status so george would be small g and then all the rest would be all small letters when they capitalize the first letter or capitalize all the letters, it's a diminishing of capacity. But they taught you that's a proper name. That, that, that means it's better, right? That, that means it's bigger, it's better, it's grander. No, you've diminished capacity, right? So, again, these are just little tricks and understandings of, of, of um, sort of status and who and what we are, how we move in court versus how they see us. And then how they convict us based on what is or isn't in our heart, right? Because that's what a conviction is, what is or isn't in the man or woman's heart. So by lack of knowledge, they cannot summon the proper emotion to move in court in a way that denotes that a man or woman, a king or queen is in the court, right? And, and again, I'm still navigating in that realm and finding myself completely. But yesterday I, I went to court, I did I did a, a good job, I believe, you know, as good as you can do, you know. Um, educating yourself, I guess, and just applying it in front of everybody under the threat of imprisonment, you know, so.
0: (laughs) That's... Yeah, no, that's that's pretty intense. I know you're dealing with a few things right now, and it's interesting too. Like, the more you peel back the layers, the, the deeper it gets. But it, it, it turns out to be an uh spiritual endeavor. So, that when we did the law summit, I didn't think it was going to be uh very spiritual, you know, I thought it was going to be legal and how to get around and all these different things. But it ended up being uh, you know, something I didn't really see coming. I'd love for you to before I move into a little bit of a different tangent, because you talked about on the law summit building spiritual strength, the inherent purpose of life and purpose-driven versus pleasure-driven. So I'd love for you to touch on all those things, but before we do that, just as we bounce around, can you give someone who's a newbie, uh, a pathway to begin understanding what were some of the resources or things that helped you along the way, because there's a lot of stuff out there, but there's also a lot of nonsense. So how would you recommend if you were starting this over again, where would you start? And how would you um, educate yourself on, Hey, this is what you need to know about what's going on. And this is how you reserve your rights and, and, and are able to you know live freely here without fear of the police and all of this parasitical system.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always point people to like Carl Lentz, specifically when we talk about common law, um, L E N T Z, and Carl with a K. Uh, but again, w- we have to bear in mind that knowledge is, is, is accepted or denied a lot of times based on the perception or the, the, the development of the individual and where they're at, right? So a good part of the individual's journey is going to be defined by where their spirit and their intuition leads them. Right. Because nobody really gave me any of this, you know, like, so a lot of it was about what, what questions did I have, what did I want to know the breakdown of my belief systems. Right. So like, that's the main process people have to start with. If they haven't been through already is questioning all their belief systems when they've thoroughly questioned and seek and and have been seeking truth on their belief systems and come to find out the majority of what we believe is a lie or a level of ignorance then you can start to research right like they say research research for the resource right you can get back to source based sort of consciousness or balanced level of consciousness and rise from that right because a lot of times we have an inflated sense of self or an ego or something twisted and out of bounds that has developed because of our existence in the world and we have to sort of dissolve that, right? We have to remove that, dissolve that, go back to basics, research, seek truth, and then uncover again, sort of the miracle, the wonder, the majesty of the universe and how it operates. Because again, the majority of people are so tunnel visioned as a result of the day-to-day grind and the, the habitual life that they've lived. that that a lot of this knowledge or information is not going to be able to be incorporated into the self. There's just too much in the way, you know, but for those who have done that process and, and, and specifically for common law, and I always bring up just to show different sides of it, Mark Passio, but I don't agree with Mark Passio all the way. Again, a lot of people we will give to people, then they'll say, well, that's his mentor. That's his guru. You know, I could believe in or, or know 60% of what someone says to be true and know that the other 40% is, is their emotion or their projection or maybe what they want to be true or don't want to be true or their inability to bring it into the world, right? Um, so yeah, Mark Passio, we'll, we'll talk a lot about universal law, uh, Carl Lentz, we'll talk a lot about the common law, if you want to call it that, which again, like you said, to me, common law is founded in common lore and lore is an unspoken like folklore is, is, is concepts and, 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 and a sense of knowing about the human experience that's passed down usually by mouth, you know, by music, by, by word of mouth, or by just genetic teachings, right. Family to family, father to son, whatever. Um, yeah, the difference between right and wrong, you know, so of course that's going to be spiritual because the common law has to be based in all conscious, uh, conscious beings, abilities to apprehend right from wrong.
0: Wow. Well, that was awesome, man. And I agree with everything you're saying there. You, you brought up a few important parts. I think the first one that you're talking about reminds me of Alphonse Fagiolo talking about how that, uh, if, if you can tell someone what they can and can't do. So if somebody can come up and tell you what to do and make you pay a fine, well, then you'd be their property. You know, regular people don't go around telling people what they can and can't do for the most part anyways. Uh, so, so that's one thing and understanding your own conviction and your own knowledge, because we've seen this actually within the groups we are in trying to understand this law and, and things like that, where you can have the same tool, but one person is going to have success and the other person isn't going to have success, you know, to gain that own understanding, to understand that you are free under, under God, under the creator to know the difference between right and wrong. And we're also finding at the same time that the people who kind of know that in their hearts, they question, you know, the person in front of them, right? And then they they question the next one. They don't just obey. We're so conditioned... Uh, to just obey. And most people just want to go along to get along. They don't want to rustle the feathers. So there is a part of research, but there's also a part of uh, spiritual strength and, and spiritual understanding. So I'm wondering if you could speak about uh, that a little bit. You talked about it a little bit on the common law, but you talked about uh, building spiritual strength. And I don't know if people heard this, I'll just kind of say it quick, but you talked about ignorance, you know, just kind of ignoring uh, a big part of things. So I think that that was a, a clever, clever word use as well.
1: Yeah, the ignorance to truth because it's, quote-unquote, easier or more convenient or more validating by peers and career choices to go along, to get along, rather than to confront a wrong. But um, I wanted to to sort of go back. You had said something there. now no, I lost it. But you had said something there that uh, sparked something in me. And then uh, I lost my, my train of thought there.
0: Oh, shoot. Well, yeah, I was, I was taking notes. I think I was talking about uh, the – alphonse being uh, the property but then I, I oh no no the building spiritual strength and like having to know uh you know in yourself like using the same tool but also treating like like the mafia right you talked about that as well on the on the common law where it's like oh well where's your boss where's your boss like i'm not going to just obey you because you're wearing a uniform and you're telling me to obey
1: yeah we're always kind of um struggling even within ourselves uh to have to stay on target with what's actually going on in the situation and the right from wrong in the situation. And we're having to be compassionate and understanding that the individual before us is probably ignorant and arrogant and been doing this a long time. So they believe, well, of course, they know more than me. Right. But then that's why we take it up the chain, because again, navigating these situations, like you said, success, that's what I was going to touch on. So outcome-based education. They have taught us in school for a long time that, it, that the outcome is what dictates and justifies the level of success. And a lot of times that's not true, right? The, the power and the success is found in maybe knowing you're going to lose, knowing you might go to jail, knowing you might be harmed. And still standing on what's true and what's right. That's the definition of bravery. That is a quality of greatness. It's not about ego. Everyone has fear. Everyone knows right from wrong. You have a choice to move past that fear and do right rather than comply with what you know is wrong. That is a, a free choice and a test for each soul individual, right? So that's how you build character and strength. It's not about knowing you're going to go into a fight when you know you're going to win, knowing you're going to stand and fight when you're probably going to lose. That is the test of an individual. And that's what they teach you, right? And again, not that I glorify that lifestyle. I've just come to understand certain psychological principles that have come off like sickness to me, but I understand where it comes from in the animal body. When you go into prison, sometimes they will, they will, will, the group will get around you and say, if you wanna be part of this group and ride with us, we have to all beat up on you, right? And then the person will say, wow, that's crazy. Why would you ever wanna? They're trying to test to see, will you stand and fight? when all the odds are against you. They want to know what you're made of at your core. They don't want to hear what you've been through, where you're from, what you're talking about, whatever. They want to know when you're going to lose, are you going to run or are you going to stand on your principles? Are you going to be able to summon, like they say, your summons to, to appear in court? Are you going to be able to summon and make that godlike spirit appear and hold your ground and weather the storm? You know. So a lot of that, that's what this is about. Now, again, I'm not into the whole violence or force thing necessarily but if we understand that this is a spiritual battle and we really don't have an enemy because the test is within self right all evil everything we perceive as evil is there to test self on who and what are we riding with are we righteous are we going to stand on a universal law or are we going to go with the lower elements what's easier what's more convenient what's what's more pleasurable right and we're always sort of fighting that battle within self purpose over pleasure, like you brought up, you know, and Wes Watson, I'll shout him out because if we're talking about, you know, that whole level of reality, uh, he talks a lot about that, you know, building inner strength and character by your choices, you know, and, and I'm, I'm no means, you know, a perfect example of this, but in certain areas, in certain principles, I've seen the value in doing that work. And then it just extends out to every part of your life.
0: Yeah, I think that you you touched on a great uh, idea there. What bravery truly is, and how people really are conditioned to always do what's easy. You know, and from an athletic background, uh, you know, teaching extreme sports, we're always having to push ourselves to get better. You're you're kind of pushing the boundary of fear. Um, and in the real world, there's many circumstances where people know what the you know right versus wrong is. And I feel like. Especially when it comes to our quote unquote life purpose or vocation or what we do, Um, we kind of know who we are, you know, by those little impulses and things like that. But so often we just, squish them down because it's not guaranteed or it doesn't get the paycheck we want or, you know, whatever the case is. And so, you know, it's kind of going to battle with yourself each and every day to uh, not lose your own integrity. And I feel like that's one of the most important things an individual can do. It's like, who are you really? What do you enjoy? Uh, What do you want to master? What are you curious about? How do you want to live your life and to have that integrity? But what what happens for most people is they either do the easier path or uh, they just, they just break that, agreement within themselves and by doing that they're able to kind of get sucked into the system they're more reliant on the system because they're giving that piece of themselves over to the system and so that's why you see in cities all around the world in the states and in Canada they're more dependent and they go to the rural areas you know they know how to you know grow food and do all these different things. And they're like, you know, we don't want the same things you do. You're welcome to have the city and stay over there, but we'd like something else. And it usually is a more spiritual connection because they have more space and more nature and more, uh, you know, connection with their food and just the simple parts of life that we often miss and we often forget about and we all, we, we don't value. So, you know, self-reliance. You to, yeah. Self-reliance. Exactly.
1: That's, that's one of the biggest things, right? Knowledge itself self is knowledge of the universe. And you can't really know yourself until you have to rely on yourself, right? So again, that's a big part of why Oh, it's, you know, jail. And the idea of going to jail for this is crazy and scary. Yeah, well, you're going to get introduced to the best version or the worst version of yourself while you're there. But you're going to have to rely more on yourself while you're there, right? There's not going to be as many outside things to rely on while you're in those spaces. So those spaces have a great ability to teach you More about who you are because you have to rely on you while you're there. So you get introduced to the parts of you that are strong and you get introduced to the parts of you that are weak. And then it just becomes working on those weaknesses, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you talked about um, a little bit about this purpose-driven vi- versus pleasure-driven, and how we operate, but also the inherent purpose of life. It was a, it was a note that I put in the Choose Freedom Lawson. I don't know if it rings a bell, but do you remember what you're talking about there? I just remember thinking that was brilliant.
1: Give me that. Give me that phrase again.
0: Uh, you t- <laughs> you're you're in the middle of one of your rants. It's really good. But the three notes that I put together were building spiritual strength, the inherent purpose of life and uh, purpose driven versus pleasure driven. So I, th- I think those three notes were in uh, one of the rants that you had in the middle there.
1: Yeah. So I mean, if you're talking about the the middle one there, the inherent purpose of life, it seems to me that uh, the majority of, I guess, if, they, if you want to call it Western civilization, uh, sort of the tech driven, money driven, and it seems to be the world now at this point, um, they seem to believe that the purpose of this realm and and the tools that we have here and the resources are for whatever man and woman wants them to be for, right? That we can create and we can design reality and the universe in whatever which way we want. And the Tao talks about this. You know, there's many spiritual texts that talk about this. Do you think you can remake the universe and do it better? I do not think it can be done. So all the great teachers throughout history have understood that there's a plan, a program, even the matrix, pop culture, they'll They'll show it to you and talk to you about a program, an inherent a level of law in a simulation that is there for teaching, for learning, and then eventually for transcendence and breaking out of the confines of a fear-based reality. Right. So the inherent purpose to life, right? The two base emotions, fear and love, is to use fear when it's genuine, when it when, when it's actually a real teacher and, and a real um, cautionary thing, but to surrender fear and to remain in love, right? And love is not necessarily always romantic. It can just be the care is a better way to describe it. Care for truth, care for self, care for other ones around you who align with purpose. You know, again, the inherent purpose in life, if it's not rights and freedom, well, then I don't know what it is because the whole story of humanity through every civilization is the simulation of one group of oppressors, And another group repressed, usually the minority uh, oppressing a majority. Right. And, And so these themes remain the same all throughout civilization and history and life, because I believe it's part of the one truth, the one understanding that we have to come to and continue to stand on while we are incarnated here, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I never thought about that. The, it's true though. I've thought about that. I just think it in the way is like, man, it hit, humanity's always had war, you know, mankind's just seemed to be this warring uh, civilization and why don't we have peace? Why is it uh polarity, uh, you know, all the time? So f- this kind of leads into what I'd love to ask you is like, we you kind of know the plan, right? If you study law, you realize the legal system is basically set up by whether you call them Luciferians or Satanists or whatever. They want to they think they can just take everything from you and they're going to set up uh, systems that have do not have your benefit at heart and they're deliberately trying to deceive you. A good and compassionate person does not think like that. And that's why so often so where so many people are so easily deceived. Then you add in. <laughs> You know, the, the education system and the food and the media, and they basically throw the entire truckload at you to shape this reality, just like in the Truman Show. And so now it seems like we're at this precipice. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on how the world you see being set up and how you see it transitioning during these times that when we're at this apex.
1: So I like to go back to the scripture that talks about the Christed being that people refer to as Jesus. I'm not going to get into the names and all this, just the, the, the idea uh, of the principle, um, now, and, and now I'm 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 all over the place today. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm losing my I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh,
0: um,
1: so, the idea of Shaitan, right? Shaitan, Satan, the evil force that inhabits the individual, the ego, right? It's all kind of kind of the same thing. It is a teacher, right? It is conscripted by the Most High, the Creator of the universe to test each man and woman from the inside out, whether they want to do right or to continue to do wrong for the lust for power, right? For, for earthly, worldly five cents power. So it's a deception. It's a deception test, right? So I don't see the enemy as the enemy. I see a functionary of a system of cause and effect, right? You tell me about good people. Was Christ, quote unquote, Christ or any Christ of being, are they the most kind and polite individual? all the time with everybody, not necessarily, you know, they talk about Christ being the Prince of peace, but he also came with a sword coming out of his mouth. He was talking some shit, you know, to bring it to street vernacular. You know, he was upsetting a lot of people. He was taking a whip out on people in the church who were charging uh, usury, you know, doing bondage and usury, the same thing they're doing now. Right. So again, the idea of a Christed being or an enlightened being isn't always a being who's always loving and blissed out far from it. They're walking a path. That path is testing them as well as everyone around them, because truth, objective truth, is the mark they're trying to hit. And in a world of lies, deception, ignorance to truth, that's going to upset a lot of people. Right. So but again. We don't see the dark forces as things to be opposed. We see them as our best and greatest teachers, because in in a simulation, there is no better teacher than the most seductive, uh, power, seemingly powerful Resource-based, control-based mechanism to really test the spirit, really test the flesh. What are you about while you're here? You know, you want this because this leads to this, pretty much every time. And then over here, this—the spirit, right? Conscience, trying to be the best man or woman that you can be, based in conscience and doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the—that's the one test right there, the one truth, right? And that's what Christ talks to. That's what every enlightened being and and master and great teacher of, of self to other selves and knowledge of self that's what the whole outline is about right what are we doing here in consciousness and what do we have to overcome in order to live a fulfilled prosperous and even when everything's taken from us and we're hung up on a cross we can find a level of peace and serenity within that moment while everyone else is saying oh my god that must be no because you fulfilled the purpose right well, it wouldn't make any sense to be any other way, you know?
0: Yeah. You brought up a lot of great points right there. The, one of them immediately was in the Bhagavad Gita. I remember reading that a long time ago and there's a part where it says, uh, he's talking to man. I can't remember his name, uh, Krishna, Krishna and uh, Arjun. And he's just saying, you know, most people think, uh, violence is when you harm someone physically, but when you live in a world of Maya, and you know somebody is living in that world and you don't offer them the truth you've just done harm and i recently i don't know if you can think of any uh bible examples but i i on an email list i got this example and it was something similar i think it was like ezekiel was he knew the village was going to be destroyed and i had to go say something to people but he's like basically saying everybody's brainwashed down there like you know they, they're not going to listen to me they're not going to listen to you they're not going to listen to me like why would i say something he's like well your test is to give them that opportunity to say hey this is going to lead you down to destruction right and if you don't say anything you're kind of forsaking yourself right because you're not being in your own conscience you're not warning them you're not saying that and it's always been an interesting one for me because uh, it's a very lonely place to be uh, I, I always thought a little bit different than my friends and and lived a little bit of a different life. And recently, you know, went golfing with some, some friends I hadn't seen in a while. And, uh, it, it felt really disconnected. You know, I was like different than before close friends, I loved, but it was just two different worlds. And it's almost impossible to plant a seed in the way that the one person was viewing the world and the way that she was going about it, like a very good person. Um, but just like, my life was totally different. Our goals were a little bit totally different, but still good and still compassionate. And so it's an interesting um, thing that we're experiencing now. And I feel like that's why evil on mass, maybe maybe this is a whole simulation just for one person, right? You know, who knows, but it seems like everybody is kind of like following this line when we know what's going on, right? We just need a few people to stand up to this tyranny. Um, so we can make a change. So we can live in peace. It can. We can live in cooperation. We can live in harmony. But it seems like so And then many, start the cycle all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like uh, Animal Farm or something. You know. <laughs> well, let's get the one and go to Animal Farm. But it, it's an individual test, and I, I would love, I would love it if if we can have enough people to just stand in that integrity. You know, when we see the wrong, to say something, to stand up for what's right, and that's why it's challenging. And it must be challenging. Anyone that I know that is living a good life, that's, that's contributing to humanity has had to go through some sort of challenges, but they're not going to change who they are for a paycheck. That's kind of what it is, right? You're moving along your line. And I kind of, you know, that we're talking about work and I was like, well, you receive what you're going to receive for doing the work. You know what I mean? It's about the work and remaining unconscious and, and, and staying aligned to that thread of who you are and what the right thing is to do. And you can only know that day by day and moment by moment, you know, as you move through. But if you start to waive that integrity to start to go acquire things, then you might be led astray and you might not be able to come back to that center. Like at some point, hopefully you just veer off and come right back. Um, But that's really the challenge I think we're dealing with. And there's no free passes here.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the same level of attention and desire and will and intensity that people go out to acquire things, as you say, and this is sort of a cliche at this point. You know, the things that you acquire will wind up owning you, right? The things you own will wind up owning you because you have to put so much time, attention, energy, and effort into getting those things, upkeeping those things, and making sure someone else doesn't take those things that you miss out on the whole process of life in between. The process of life is who and what are you when you have nothing, right? So like this is the paradox of the world that's been overlaid onto the universal journey, in destiny, right, is like the complete distraction and inversion and opposite test and task. How can I acquire the most things, the most peer validation and the most success based on what other people think success is? That's completely the opposite program of what the universe had you here to learn, right? And we wonder why. Every institution shows signs of demoralization, no integrity, as you said before, you know, dishonorable practices. Again, the, the, the measure of a man or woman is who they are when their back is against the wall or when you give them power. So we gave power to all these institutions and all these belief systems, and now they're completely corrupt, com- completely de- devoid of any kind of moral compunction or the, the will or need to do what's true and what's right. It's all about, hey, and like my father told me growing up, these people don't care, Paul, and I, it's like he thinks I don't understand. He thinks I don't get it. I know they don't care. That's why we're all going to suffer and die together because you can't live in a society and uphold any kind of function if no one cares about the work they're doing. You have to have a level of care. and I'm not going to use the word pride, but you have to have a level of care and want to do what's true and right in everything that you do. That's what's known as the truth in life following the way, right? Truth, life, and way if the way you do things will define your level of success in them, not what you got or didn't get. Right. And this is the difference between being truly competent, competent, and just competing with others around you. Right. Most people are competing, but they're not competent. They're not competent. Right. They're incompetent because you can't truly compete. If you don't know who and what you are, all you're doing is looking at everyone else and trying to get more than
0: the next. Yeah. Agreed. And, I feel like one of the main principles I speak about often is when you, whether you want to call it awake or or conscious, however you want to phrase that, you go from what can I get to what can I give. You know, How can I provide value for other people? How can I make someone else's life better and know who you truly are? And when you put those two things together, you're going to be more fulfilled because you're going to be doing the things that you enjoy. And then it's going to help your community. I've never met a person who you know, had a vision for their life and who they wanted to be and what was most important to them in the most meaningful way ever be harmful to someone else it's the opposite it's when we're struggling around to get all this money for different things we want more and more money so we can go buy different things which is fine i guess if you have like a family and things like that you want to provide for them but it could be this slippery slope and it's a very challenging thing to do consciously and morally for your vocation and your work to stay that path because um you know it's it's tempting to to do the things that get you the money, but oftentimes they provide zero value to people. And many times even harm, you're working for some sort of system that is actually causing harm and, and parasiting from people, you know, whether it's being in the industry or something like that. So having a right vocation and a right livelihood, like they talk about um, for the eightfold path, I think is so important. So I'd love to ask you, you know, what do you, have, what have you learned about building faith, right? This is uh, really important for, for people right now, right? Faith and things are going to work out. Uh, I'm kind of reminded of what you talked about with uh, Jesus being on the cross. It's like, you know, death is going to find us all. And if if you remained honorable the whole time and death finds you and you get put up on a cross, that honorable person is going to be okay because they know that they didn't compromise their soul on this journey, that the thing wasn't up to them, that they were, you know, doing to the best of their ability, what they were sent here to truly do and their time, whatever that clock is, is limited. So they're, they no, they know their soul, you know, may their soul rest in peace. You know, can your soul rest in peace or will you be worried about the acts and deeds and the intentions uh that you did when you're moving to that other side but if you're doing it with a clear conscience, that's a very very powerful thing to be doing um i forgot what was originally saying there i kind of got sidetracked by that oh yeah i got it so
1: i got something for that so (laughs) who you are who you are when you die is more important than how you die and when you die right Mm -hmm. and who you are when you die is defined by all the moments up until then right and now that means that even if it's 10 minutes 10 seconds, 10 days, whatever it is before that day that you die, however you die, for whatever reason, um, if you've become repentant, right. If you know, Hey, I did wrong. I'm a part of doing wrong. I'm no longer going to be a part of that process. And I know that I'm forgiven for what I've done because what I've done was in ignorance and out of ego and and my will not so will, Right. So I don't ever really inject the idea of Jesus being my savior or anything else being my savior other than the idea of mind science, which I believe Christed beings were here to teach us, right? Like the Christed one in the Bible says, we are all sons and daughters of the most high greater things than I you shall do. He never said I was better than you all. He never said I was a savior. Quite the opposite. Consciousness is consciousness. So who we are when we die and, and, and is more important than how we die or when right? Because we don't have control over how we die or when necessarily. It could be any time now walking across the street, somebody does something, we get hit. But who we were up until that moment will define us, right? And what they call legacy, right? Or just the character of the being you were uh, consciously day to day, moment to moment, co-creating with the universe. That's what communion means. Community means a group of individuals coming together to shoot for the same thing, right? Communing with the most high consciousness in universal law, right from wrong, you know? So that we, we, we have to rebuild back and restore all of that because obviously that has been completely disintegrated and degraded as a premise of how to live our day-to-day lives is the idea of community and communion with the most high conscience and true family, right? That's what true family is. It has nothing to do with genetics, or, or the blood or the household. It has to do with where you're aligned in principles and values based on your perception and the work that you're willing to do from the inside out.
0: Absolutely. I, I love all that. And so I'd love to ask you, like, how do you, uh, yeah, build faith or have faith? Because I know you're facing something right now. And even like, you know, going through the law thing is like, oh man, you know, we're not wearing a mask in a store, you know, I'm like nervous about that. And I was like, what is it? This guy who's paid 15 bucks an hour can ask me to put one on when, you know, I don't want to. Um, you know, it's just a simple test. So if you, you have a bigger test, I can, you know, I can see how challenging that would be. People have to have faith in different reasons, you know, faith that things are going to work out faith that uh, they're going to be taken care of if they do the right thing. And, and I think when it comes to money and career, people think that it's not going to work out, but I've talked to so many people where it ends up working out better, you know, and, and no amount of money is safe. I have no multimillionaires who stopped doing the multimillionaire corporate thing. Right, and then it was still a leap of faith. Whatever they had to do to go over to, like this is the right thing to do, but they ended up having a risk at all to risk it all to do that. There was no like middle ground, you know. It was uh, they had to pass their own tests in their own way. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, building faith, and then also in the same vein, like that responsibility and accountability as a parent. Yeah, I don't know if you're a parent or not, but so you know, being a dad and having to provide and then knowing you need those uh, coupons and and what you do in that scenario, how to, you know, walk the path in that scenario.
1: Yeah. So building faith, I mean, faith in a way, again, if it's not blind faith, it doesn't have to be faith on something. I don't believe unless I'll be shown differently. I might be, you know, uh, faith is kind of like the raft that we cling to on the ocean in the storm, you know, like if, if, if I don't know anything else, I know that I'm responsible for my own choices and my own morality, so I always have to do what my perception leads me to believe is true and what's right. If I cling to that, it doesn't matter what happens to me outside of me because I only had two choices, to do what I knew was true and was right or to forsake that, to sell my soul and be someone else's version of me. That's not my best self. So I have to cling to that level of faith that, hey, I will be where I need to be and everything will work out if I do what I know is true and right. That's it. Right. I mean, like it's such a simple equation or you have the choice to sell out, be something else other than what you know is true and what's right. Follow someone else's vision. And even if it works out for you in quotes, in the air quotes, if it works out for you, see how you feel about it. See if you're not regretting and guilty and all these other emotions that serve a purpose to point you in the right direction. You're regretful and guilty and don't have peace in your life because the sacrifice and suffering was the path right? Sacrifice and suffering for what's true and what's right was the path and you took the nihilist way out. The path of least resistance, the convenient path, the path that was going to guarantee you an outcome rather than the unknown. See? So that's the difference between a lot of true faith, right? True faith is going into the unknown, sticking to what you know is true and what's right. While there's a known, comfortable, convenient answer over here, that is probably a lie or deception. And you already know it to be so, but it's safer. It's convenient. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a non-faith, an unbeliever, right? Or actually I call unknower because belief is one thing to know is another. I know true. I know right from wrong or true enough. And I'm going to stand on it. Anything else would be, would be compromising my integrity, my, you know, what God gave me, my intuition, my, my, my foresight, you know, my spiritual vision.
0: Yeah. I think that those are all really great points and that's the only way you're going to increase your faith and your understanding and knowing that there is a spiritual force. You know, for me, I've had uh, so many experiences in my life where I made a decision that my friends and family and, and people I know, like, that's a crazy, there's no logic to it. There's no certainty to it. You know, whether it was, uh, putting my last little bit of money to get to the States to, um, you know, train with one of the native Americans I want to train with, with little, with nothing. I had literally nothing and nothing coming in and bought the ticket and ended it and everything ended up working out. You know, I just know the spot where I'm supposed to be or, or it needs to get done. I'm like, okay, show me a way. And I have to jump. But when I jump and something happens and there's a response I know it's the universe. I know it's some sort of spiritual force. And you know, you could miss, but even from that missing, and like you said, that the pain or the challenge or the adversity you face will craft who you are because that's a, it's not gonna be a permanent thing. You won't be able to say, oh, well, this bad thing happened, but then all of a sudden this, right? It's, it will be, be the experience of who you are and in your mind and in your heart and in your soul and intuition, you knew that you were honoring what you were supposed to do. You did the best you could at the, at the time and you honored who you were. Um, and then those results over time will build your character, your understanding of the world and spirit and ultimately yourself. And, and that's a, an amazing path to walk. It's courageous, uh, very challenging for people to do though.
1: Sure. I mean, but again, what else is there here to do? Do you want to just exist or do you want to take part in life and living? You know, and, and the, the idea of, again, how many people in the world day to day, regardless of what they have or don't have, like who they are, what they're doing, what they represent, what they stand for, they can't really s- sit in the mirror and say that they like what they stand for. Because again, the, 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 the majority of society is dictated by the corporate world and the corporate world is one of showing you one thing, but actually being something else, right? So almost everybody who works at a conventional job and isn't their own Creator of of wealth, if you want to call it that, is dictated to how to be. This is how you have to dress, look, act. This is what you have to say. Don't say any of this. Don't bring your whatever into this. See, you're you're being coached day to day and training yourself to move away from authenticity, rather than to move deeper into authenticity. Right. So boundaries and challenges are never there, and then oftentimes people are left in retirement, not knowing who and what they are and being unfulfilled, but having money and things because they never walked the path of life. They were existing and trying to acquire the world's definition of success rather than walking the universe's path for true inward and then outward success. True happiness and success starts within and is brought out into the world. It does not come inward from the outside world. And then, oh, two, Matt, you brought up something about parents. If you go back to that, because you can't give me two things at once. I, you know, I ramble too much. You give me two things <laughs> at it. once. I don't even know what to say. That just throws me way off. You got to hit me one thing at a time. We ramble through that. And then we.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Throw it. Throw it. You got something for the parents. Yeah,
1: I mean, the bottom line is, is do you want your children to respect you? The only way your children can respect you is if you respect you. And you can't respect you if you're not doing esteemable things, which means standing on what you know is true and what's right. You cannot build self-esteem or self-respect if you're doing something against what you know is what's true and what's right. And it's not about being a tough guy or a tough girl or any of that. It's about I'm not willing to compromise. I'm not willing to waver. I want myself and my children to like who I am and to know I'm an individual of principles. That something matters in this world, right? All your other shit, all your other fake symbols of success and and character, and like you said, integrity, take it all away from me. I still have the ability to say that at this time, on this date, with my children present, the whole universe witnessed that I stood on what was true and was right, knowing that no outcome was guaranteed. That's where you're respected. That's where the level up happens, right? And everybody's presented with those opportunities all throughout the day in little forms with their partners, people out in the street, different business deals, you're presented with those opportunities of true authenticity at all times, or sacrificing that to go along to get along. And then again, the question is, how much do you want to like yourself and the life path that you're on? How much do you want to be a co-creator in your destiny? And how much do you want someone else to create your destiny for you and how you're going to feel about yourself?
0: That's incredible, man. I absolutely love that, brother. It's always a treat to chat with you. This has been uh, amazing. You know, I know you're a busy man. Uh, is there anything that you wish that we had chatted about or you wanted me to ask you or, or you feel like it's important for the listeners to, to hear?
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, we, it's always pretty organic with us. Uh, we kind of <laughs> take it through and, you know, feels good. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of the same, you know, I don't have a scripted rap, but it's sort of the same themes that come up over and over again. And we always have to settle on, do the work in your own life, you know, start to take account, right? Accountability, responsibility, start to take account of your responses in life. How did you respond to the guy at the drive-thru? How did you respond? You know, what what's getting to you? What's frustrating you? Where are your fears rooted in your insecurities? How are you responding to them, right? So We have to take account of our responses and become accountable and response able to generate a self in the world that we can be proud of. If you want to use that word, I don't like the word. I guess maybe they got to me in religious class about the (laughs) word pride. But we have to be confident, right, by confiding in ourselves and others in truth. We have to be confident in the men or women that we are not arrogant, not cocky, just confident by confiding in the universe with ourselves and with others and talking about what's true and what's right and standing on it, you know, and holding to it. So that's really it, you know, do the work in your own life and you'll see the results. If you don't, you'll see the results.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, brother, it's always a a treat chatting with you, man. You're doing amazing work. Um, You have a channel where you can see some of your videos. You're still working on some stuff. So if people are uh, curious about following along and with your work and what you're putting out, where should they go?
1: So, yeah, it's Paul Unslaved uh, on YouTube. Um, also the same name, Paul enslaved on Facebook. Now I finally changed it. Um, I got a telegram, same name. Uh, I might even have an Instagram now because I just started that. I I don't do nothing with it, but they told me I should start one. I have people now and they told me that I should start one. So I started (laughs) it, you know, we'll see how that goes, but yeah, most of my stuff's up on YouTube. There's other sites, you know, the, the underground sites have a lot of my stuff up. So, uh, yeah, you'll see me out there at this point, even if you just do a Google search, like the first 10 or 20 of them at this point. So (laughs) we're out here. We're out here, Matt. We're shaking things up and we're, uh, you know, loving people into a new space of of uncomfortable truth.
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah man well i appreciate you it's always a pleasure catching up so i definitely invite people to follow your work um you know check out some of the youtube videos and and definitely telegram seems to be the last place where truth is allowed to uh, get out there because you you know do the wrong thing on instagram you're bad shadow banned, blacklisted you know deleted slandered and all that kind of good stuff so um you know follow follow paul you want to say something
1: no i was just gonna say you got to teach me how to do this appearing disappearing act because when they tell me that i'm summons to appear in court like a spirit i want to be able to show up and kind of appear disappear i like that whole disembodied
0: oh yeah uh, buddy uh, look
1: it just, that you got going <laughs> you're gonna have to do a little
0: magic on the green screen man there you, there go. you yeah, go i, time, I like a floating head this whole time i'm just like come That's on it. buddy like i'm in here it's a good look though i like that uh, it's, thanks it's, man it's powerful <laughs> yeah brother okay man well always a treat uh, have a have of an amazing day and thanks everybody for watching
1: hey man i love you bro
0: Yeah, love you too, brother. Peace. All right there you have it ladies and gentlemen the absolutely amazing paul unslaved i hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you did please share it share the episode share the link share it as far and as wide as you can become a member go to mattbelair.com uh, join the membership you can do so by donation it would really help a lot since i just deleted my patreon uh, one of the ways to earn a little bit of income doing this show uh, full time so if you want to support this show now is the best time to do so leave a review um, even if you can toss in a dollar or three bucks a month on the membership. It goes a very, very long way and sincerely appreciate it. If you go to my linktree, linktree.com or linktree forward slash Matt Belair, you can get some welcome gifts, some uh, free downloads. Check out the Choose Freedom Law Summit. If you are interested in some coaching and community, go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or check out the program Soul Compass and uh, Quantum Heart Hypnosis and check out our sponsor, uh, Pure Body Extra from thegoodinside.com if you go to thegoodinside.com. Forward slash Matt B, you'll get $50 off the heavy metal detox with zeolite. And uh, this is a very simple and powerful way to start detoxing heavy metals from the body. There are all kinds of benefits, clarity of thinking, uh, less lethargy, um, obviously toxicity in the body, because uh, too much heavy metals in the body would literally lead to cancer and and all sorts of other issues. So a simple detox protocol is available if you go there to that link. And that's it. Uh, Just thank you guys for your support. Uh, I'm going to keep battling on here. (laughs) It's getting Uh, kind of more challenging and more challenging with the absolutely insane censorship but we are going to overcome it I'm going to keep putting out this content no matter what doing what I can to support you to find the guests that can help you on your journey so thank you so much for listening wishing you all of the best let's come into a state of uh, peace and coherence before we close it up wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath And let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, love, contentment, faith, power, connection, and ready to enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.